There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Have swept the twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon to be award winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. You know, not a political podcast, but to steal words from a family member of mine over Thanksgiving. Based off of what we've seen the last six years or so, some would argue longer, hard to believe that that, yeah, once disqualified somebody from being president of the United States of America. Welcome inside edition number 197-ish, give or take, of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat, presented by Beans Coffee Company. Use that promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's one word, sports chat, at coffeebybeans.com when you nab some great tasting coffee this holiday season, or maybe you're just doing what I'm doing and purchasing it and keeping it all for yourself. Promo code sports chat at coffeebybeans.com. Recording this podcast early in the morning, the first part of this podcast, with Mr. Manny Hill from Jazz 88, MPS Voices, Score North regular appearances on the Purple Insider podcast. He's everywhere. And right now in the wee hours of the morning before we start our regular work days is Mr. Manny Hill to talk some purple and I guess whatever else I decide to talk about. Manny, how you doing? It's been a whole three or four days. No, check that like two days since I've seen you in person. How you been? Pretty good. And for those that are watching on YouTube, if you see me rubbing my eyes, we are indeed recording this in the wee hours of the morning. So, And that is how good of a friend Manny Hill is. He will record a podcast with me way too early in the day. Now, granted, at least during the weekdays, we're fairly early risers. We have a lot to do, so we like to get up early and get it done. But we're up a bit earlier today than normal. Uh, second half of the show, I'll be joined by Matt Lauer, by the way. Not that Matt Lauer. I don't know if he's doing any public appearances and sorry to make that joke about the Matt Lauer that I am interviewing a little bit later on. Matt Lauer, long story short, son of somebody I work with here at Hubbard Broadcasting who's playing professional football over in Europe for a team in Germany. He'll talk about that process and also how he's trying to maybe play some arena football this year. Heck, he was in the XFL draft. Just kind of fun to listen to that process and everything that's gone into that, how he went from playing D3 football to being paid to play football overseas. And when I say football, I mean football, American football. Kind of a cool story. That'll be in the back half of this podcast. But for now, we start with Manny Hill and the Minnesota Vikings, and we lead off with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and their outstanding Final call on ESPN's Monday Night Football. Only five seconds left. Everybody back except for TJ Edwards. And underneath, here we go. Osborne makes the initial catch. And that ball's out. Madison laterals. Osborne back in control. Dobbs has got it. This looks like a forward pass. And an illegal forward pass at that, but we're going to keep playing. Yeah, this is entertaining. It's not going to count, but heck, keep it rolling. 
And with the Benny Hill music playing in the background, <laughs> this game is over, thankfully. First of all, Manny, I don't know who yelled the game is over. If that was a random cameraman, uh, an official on the field, maybe that was a coach getting caught on mic. Uh, that is probably the second best part of that highlight besides uh, Aikman and Buck talking about Benny Hill and thankfully the game's over. I think whether you're a fan of the Chicago Bears or the Minnesota Vikings, the Bears probably obviously, I, I think, slightly happier. Heck, maybe they want that you know, higher draft pick, but they're already getting a really high draft pick, more than likely the number one overall pick from the Carolina Panthers. So I think they were probably slightly less disgusted than the Minnesota Vikings fans were on Monday night. Manny, I'll start here. You and I have at least me have um, conveyed this to you via text, maybe in person. And I know the Vikings work their way back into the playoff mix. Heck, they've went from like if they beat Denver, they had like a 95% chance at making the playoffs. Now it's all the way down to like 60 some percent. I know I'm off on that, but still a great chance to make the playoffs. They should absolutely try and make the playoffs. But from where I'm sitting, Manny, I texted you when Kirk Cousins went down and I'm still in this camp. If the Vikings win a game, great. If the Vikings lose a game, not to be too negative, even better. You know, it's just to me, I'll take the losses. I'll take the better draft position because even before Dobbs came back to reality, I said this a few weeks ago on the Before I Die podcast, a part of Score North and the Purple Daily podcast network. They're not winning the Super Bowl with Josh Dobbs. I mean, in theory, yes, technically they could, but all logic would tell you that they're not. So any win is great. It makes the season fun. It's a great story. But any loss, I would say, yeah, you just at this point, you just roll with the punches. Whatever happens, happens. There's still a path to the playoffs. Nine and eight probably gets it done if one of those wins is against Green Bay. So we'll see. Aside from the game being terribly unesthetically pleasing or pleasing it was still entertaining if you like the comedy of bad football so i i'm honestly not going to sit here and try and tell people they should be upset or they should be negative it to me just enjoy the games at this point if you win that's great no matter who starts maybe we'll get into who's starting a few weeks from now but long story short in a roundabout way manny i there's nothing I can be upset about on Monday other than it's a game you should have won. But how many games this year has the team potentially won that you in theory think that they probably should have lost, i.e. maybe San Francisco, at least looking at it, you would say they would lose to San Francisco, but they won. So long story short, Manny, I can't be worked up about a bad loss to the Chicago Bears on Monday night. I just can't be because, again, I don't see what the end game is with the Minnesota Vikings this year. So just take the loss and take the draft position and then hope you get your pick right. Yeah, I think for for the most part, it really comes down to like big picture where this team is at. And, you know, we'll know a lot more, you know, after the season, obviously what's going to happen, you know, what, what, what the plans are for the future going forward, re-signing Justin Jefferson, um, you know, extending Christian Derrissaw. Those are, you know, I think priorities one and two, I think this off season. Um, but I, I, you know, that you just kind of roll with what you got. The Vikings are, you know, Josh Dobbs is, is a serviceable quarterback. Um, you know, if you get him in a situation like, like the Vikings, where there's a little bit more talent than there was in Arizona, probably better coaching, 
Um, although we'll we'll see on on uh, Jonathan Gannon out there in Arizona going forward. But you know, in theory, it was a better situation. So you figured, okay, well, Josh Dobbs will play better and perform better, you know, within this infrastructure than he than what he had in Arizona, which it's very clear and obvious the Cardinals are tanking and and trying to get as high a draft pick as they can because they're thinking, you know, future and and everything too. Um, but you also had to know if Dobbs was going to play better here, you also had to know that a clunker was coming. I mean, that's just the reality is this, this is also a football team that at one point was 0-3 and, and 1-4 and as well. And, you know, I think what you what you had to do going into even the Denver game last week uh, or two weeks ago now, I guess, is that you just kind of ride this wave. It was a five-game winning streak. And you just kind of see what happens and you enjoy it. Um, now, I mean, Josh Dobbs has come back down to earth. I think as most people with a rational mind would have thought was going to happen at some point. <laughs> probably, I think most people would have preferred it didn't happen on Monday night against the the, the lowly Chicago Bears. But you had to know it was going to happen at some point. Um, he and, wasn't going to just com- continue to lead this team to win. And Manny, the Bears defense is getting, literally it's getting better by the week and they've acquired talent throughout the year. It's yeah. You like to think that that's an awful, wretched team and for the most part it is, but they do have functional pieces on defense and their defense and they have a is defensive even, minded. They have a defensive-minded head coach. Matty correct. Was, 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 that's how he got hired as the head coach because of the great job he did as the, the DC in, in Indianapolis. So that's those type of things are going to happen. I, I think when you think about going forward now, it's going to, you know, for the rest of the season, you're going into this bye week. Then you've got the Las Vegas Raiders after that. Now you just have to wonder, okay, what, what is this going to look like? Josh Dobbs and this offense gets a, gets a bye week, another week to kind of gel and, and, and grow and, and allow him to kind of pick up the offense even more. Maybe Kevin O'Connell has a chance to, you know, add in some wrinkles that maybe fit, Josh Dobbs' skill set more specifically uh, than it would have if Kirk Cousins was the quarterback still. Um, but I will say this, you know, and I don't want to look too far down the line for this season, but if you're if you're Antonio Pierce, the the interim head coach of the uh of the Raiders, you had to have been looking at Monday night and kind of licking your chops a little bit. Well, and what you what you saw from the Bears. And that leads me to this. You talked about two weeks, what will it look like with Josh Dobbs and what will it look like with the offense. I pose the question to you, is it possible that it's not Josh Dobbs? Is it possible? You know, they only really, I think, I don't really know, but my hunch is he was brought in to be the backup and not play unless Jaron Hall looked completely incapable and maybe just be another sounding board in the quarterback room while they were waiting to get Nick Mullins back on game day. There, there is an, an argument to be made, and it goes back to what I just said. It was only, what, one drive, two drives? Hall looked functional, and the Vikings, albeit low equity, did put a draft pick into him. There's a case to be made that over the final five games with a team that's 6-6, six and six, they may feel like they can get to 9-8 and eight with either quarterback. And if that's the case, maybe they do want to see what Jaron Hall can do. And maybe they give Jaron Hall the final five games. And if he goes one and four, oh, and five, what are you really losing when realistically with Josh Dobbs? What are you going to go at best? Probably nine and eight. 
So I think there's a case to be made that Jaron Hall starts in two weeks. I don't think that the coach will do that. I think Josh Dobbs has probably earned the right to at least get another start. And if he looks really bad against the Las Vegas Raiders, I still don't like saying that, then I think there's a really strong scenario that we would see Jaron Hall. But I also think there's a case to be made. We might just see him in two weeks because now you have two weeks again to get him ready versus six days. So I think there's, I'm not convinced it'll be Josh Dobbs taking the field to take on the Raiders, but I would say in my mind, it's probably still 75, 25, 80, 20 that it is him. But the, the argument can be made and there's a chance that we see Jaron Hall again this season under center for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I think there's always, there's always a shot. And, you know, a big part of that is like you said, we only really got to see Jaron Hall for what one the one possession yeah i still possessions that they had in in atlanta i'm really having trouble remembering that i think they maybe went three and out and then got the ball back and had a nice drive but you know regardless you're talking a handful of snaps one way or the other yeah i mean so there is kind of that that mystery of like okay well what does jaron hall look like i it's it's I think it's a it's a fun discussion to have as far as like the rest of this season goes. But I think ultimately, and I've I've been saying this for weeks, you know, when I've been on uh doing hot routes purple insider with with Matthew Collar twice a week all season, I've been saying it for weeks. I think ultimately this team is gonna end up drafting a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, next me, year. Too. I, me too. I think they're gonna, you know, if if they're you know, if they finish nine and eight and make the playoffs and they're picking like 20th, I think there's going to be, you know, a concerted effort that if a guy falls to maybe like 10 or 11 or something, I think there's going to be a concerted effort to move up and try and take, try and take a guy, identify a guy that they like. I don't know if that's going to be, you know, JJ McCarthy or, you know, Bo Nix. Is Bo Nix going to fall or where Quinn is he going to be? Yeah. I mean, somebody, somebody will be there. And I think, you know, Kevin O'Connell needs to be given an opportunity to pick, to handpick a guy and, and really develop him and grow him into his system and then, and then go from there. And so I, you know, I think for this season, it's, it's fun to kind of speculate like, okay, well, what's Dobbs going to look like the rest of the year? Will he even play the rest of the year? Will he start in the Raiders game? Will it be Jaron Hall? Will it be Nick Mullins? Um, you know, and, and also, the other part of this too is going to be they figure to have Justin Jefferson back and ready to go for that Raiders game in a couple of weeks as well. So it's like you add in the best wide receiver in football back into your offense. You know, how much could that help someone like a Josh Dobbs or a, you know, Jaron Hall or whoever? Cause you know, I look at these last two weeks, Ross, these last two losses for the Vikings. And I keep thinking, well, would the result have been different? I mean, they lost by one point. And they lost by two points. Yeah. So it's like if they would have had Justin Jefferson in one of or both of those games, you know, we could be looking at an eight and four football team right now. And then all of a sudden the thought is, is different. You know what I mean? The feeling is different. So I think that's going to be another thing to kind of watch too is like, okay, whoever the quarterback is, 
what are they going to what is this offense going to look like once Justin Jefferson yeah. gets back into the fold? And can they realistically get the ball to Justin Jefferson as much as Kirk Cousins could be? I also said this on another podcast too. Nothing has changed for me, you know, like a lot of the you saw the Kirk Cousins apology tweets on Monday night about, you know, just how bad Dobbs is playing. We're sorry Kirk Cousins. Some of that is just obviously people in jest, you know, thinking, "Oh boy, we wanted him out of here, but no, we really don't." Nothing's changed for me. I view it all independently. Dobbs's play is independent of Kirk Cousins. Kirk exactly. Cousins' play is independent of Josh Dobbs. I will take Kirk Cousins back next year if it's at the right deal. And with the kind of wink wink understanding, you're the quarterback now. The kid we just drafted is replacing you. It just might be in a year. It might be in two years. Heck, it might be after week nine if we're three and six and out of playoff contention this year. I think that is the scenario in which he's back. If he's not willing to play ball, then he won't be back. I think the Vikings have already made that fairly clear. I would say this on Jaron Hall. I don't believe he's the quarterback of the future at all. I just think when you're kind of meandering in middle ground where the Vikings are. It doesn't hurt you to play him. I still would lean towards he won't play until the Vikings are officially eliminated from playoff contention. And when they are, I think they would turn that over to him, whether that's one start, two starts, or three starts, or maybe after a really bad performance against the Raiders. But I do think we'll still see Jaron Hall at some point. We also will see some form of the Golden Gopher football team one more time this year, likely in Detroit as they attempt to be the three-time, I believe each time would be the Quick Lane Bowl champions. Uh, You can thank Timmy Chang, my guy, and I believe something called Jonathan Shipley from the University of Hawaii, this part of the Charter Sports or Charter Spectrum Network on their free app, by the way, Manny. If you don't have and you love college football like I do, you need this thing for late-night college viewing because you get moments like this. Oh, the clock is running. running. They have to clock the ball or snap it. Matt Shipley. The kick is up. And it is good. Oh, When it looked like Hawaii didn't know what they were doing. Heroic. (laughs) For the record, Hawaii didn't know what they were doing until just a few seconds left of the game. How does Hawaii play into the Gophers? Well, Colorado State was also 5-6 and playing in the last game of the college football regular season. That matters for bowl placement. Had Colorado State won, they would have stolen or I'd say earned the last bowl spot. They didn't because your Golden Gophers are smart in the classroom, Manny Hill. It appears they will be headed to most likely Detroit in the quick lane bowl. I There's so much we can talk about Gopher football. We have about 10 minutes here. I, I actually want to move past the Wisconsin game because now the beauty of getting past the Wisconsin game and losing and quote-unquote earning this bowl bid is nobody's really mad anymore that the Gophers lost to Wisconsin. They're all mad that the Gophers are going to go to a bowl game. And as I keep telling people, yes, it's laughable. You don't really take it seriously, but would be more laughable for a cash-strapped athletic department would be to turn this game down. Even if you're going to show up and lose to Miami of Ohio by 20 points, you take it, you don't apologize for it, 
you have some fun with it. Nobody in their right mind is going to say, oh boy, the Gophers went five and seven, made it to a bowl game. It's a successful season. Nobody is saying that. It's a, it's a miserable failure of a season. But my point keeps being, it's not a lot of money, but you need the money, so take it. Heck, you're probably going to buy Ben Johnson out at the end of the year. You need the money. Who knows what's going to happen with the football program in a year or two. We, If you listen to the head coach, not that the money can be allotted the same. We have no money to pay players, so they're all going to leave. We're not going to have any. You take the money however you can get it. You don't apologize for it. And Manny, if you said no, and they still have a chance to say no, but they won't. If you said no, Mississippi State was just going to say yes. So there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong about going to this game. I think the people that are upset, it, to me, it just seems fake, and you want to be negative, which is kind of odd coming from me, who is negative almost all the time. But there's no downside to this, and and if you look at this, I think this is what a nice. This 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 will make me sound like the biggest homer, but what a nice little reward for somebody like Cole Kramer, who stuck around the program for a half a decade, has played, has by all accounts been a positive influence, does stuff in the community, has scored touchdowns for the program, is more than likely going to be the starting quarterback in the bowl game. So, you know, I, I'm again, just like I wasn't going to get worked up about the Vikings losing to the Bears. I'm not going to be worked up about this win, lose, or draw. Take the money, don't apologize for it, and address all the issues within the program. I think the people that are so negative, it seems like they think that, oh, because the Gophers went five and seven, it's some success of a season. No, it's not. Two thirds of teams go to bowl games. And yeah, that might be a problem, but it goes back to Manny. Don't hate the player, hate the game. The Gophers have nothing to apologize for here. Yeah, I mean, you just, I think you just take it for what it is. You take it for a grain of salt. Like, it's just, it's it's not, it's not going to do them any good to, like you said, it's not going to do them any good to decline this invite to the quick lane bowl or whatever bowl it's going to be. I mean, you just, you you take the opportunity, you you make the best of it, and you, you know, who knows, whoever you end up playing might end up, giving you a good game and it might be a fun entertaining game in Detroit in front of like 7000 people. I don't you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, it might be a little bit more people than that, but I haven't checked uh, is Western Michigan bowl eligible. That would be kind of fun. I don't think they are. I'll check that up. I'll look that up really quickly. Yeah. Um I'm going to look it up too, but you know, it I think you just kind of take it for what it is. It's a couple extra weeks of practice for some of the younger players and, and all of that stuff, you know, it's all the, the cliche stuff. Um, I'm seeing a lot of losses on Western Michigan. Yeah, I think they I were like, I think they were like three and nine. Okay. Um, but you know, I, I think you just, you just take it for what it is. You go to the bowl game, you play in it. Four and know, eight, by the way, four and eight. They were okay. only one win um, for maybe being bowl eligible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the ironic thing is if the Gophers go to the quick lane bowl and lose, they'll have the same amount of losses as them. Correct. There's also, <laughs> if you look at some projections and where where um, teams may wind up, there is an outside chance it could be Gophers and New Mexico State, which would be dicey as well. I, did, I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off. Go ahead. No, but I, I, I think you just you just take it for what it is and you go and you get the extra practice and for the players. And, you know, I know there's there's always those those cliches and everything that they say about those bowl games and, and, you know, how much they mean. And, and, you know, I mean, 
you you just take it for what it is. I I don't think there's any crime in it. It's a disappointing year. I, you know me. I told you that. I when did I? I checked out after the after the Illinois game. I think after they lost to Illinois, I was just like, it was, all right. I I just it was I the, can't take it seriously anymore. <laughs> you know, it was the Illinois game, or maybe there was a game before that where you're like, I just if I wanted to watch this offense, we could still have Tracy Clay's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which See, by the way is not a wrong take because. The the offense looks like a team playing in the 1940s, which uh, and and we'll get to and, this, Manny, or maybe no, you yeah. actually, you know, you go ahead, then I'll I'll hop in with my thought. Yeah, because because that's kind of what I wanted to get to is for me, you know, and there's people that we're seeing people on on social media and they're saying, oh, needed need a new head coach and PJ should be fired and all of that. You and I've both been talking off the air for weeks. Neither one of us thinks that PJ Flex should lose his job. Not, not at yet. all. Not at all. Not at all. At least, at least not yet. You know, maybe now, if you happens, go if you go five and seven or worse next year, then we can have yeah. that discussion. But but to me, so it's it's not. I'm I'm not even concerned about the people that are wanting him fired. It's just like whatever. Like first of all, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get fired. I mean, they would have to get like. If he's going to get fired after this season, they would have to get absolutely obliterated in the bowl game, and it would have to look just completely discombobulated which, and, a, and a which, total mess. Which, by the then way, maybe I could see it. Which, by but, the way, still might not even matter to the athletic director because he knows right. at this point, and this is not just a Gophers thing. And this is what I wanted to touch on: people wondering about, oh, Kaliak Manis left, and other quarterback guy leaves. This is one thing where I will agree with PJ. This is the new college football. Nothing yep. surprises me at all. I I didn't expect Kaliak Manis to leave, but I did think that there was a possibility that he would. And people that are like, oh, thank goodness he's gone. Okay, be careful what you wish for. The first kid they offered in the transfer portal plays um, FCS football. And yeah, he has good numbers, but I don't know if New Hampshire transfers well to the Big Ten. And all I'm going to say is, uh, look, there were a lot of issues with Kaliak Manis. Happy feet, wrong reads, bad decisions. I get all that. He was also legitimately all year long throwing to one wide receiver. Crooms yeah. had balls hit him off the helmet. Eli- Elijah Spencer may be good. He's not great now. Brevin Span Ford couldn't catch a beach ball from two yards away. <laughs> they have no other tight end they're throwing it to. The running backs, I guess they're, they were using them a little bit. But what I'm getting at is it's so easy to blame him. Look at the rest of the offense. It's a yeah. run first offense with literally almost nobody else on the roster this year that could catch the football. And that's that's kind of where I wanted to go specifically with the offense, Ross, because, you know, the defense had their problems this year, too. And you let the worst team in the worst division <laughs> Hang forty nine points on you. It's pretty bad on your defense, you know. Well, as the head the coach Purdue, says, the, it's, the unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate that so, it happened. So, so the defense unquestionably had their issues this year as well, and they had some injuries and everything too. And and depth, is, I think, is a bit of an issue there. But you know, the, offensively, we really have not seen this team have a good offense since. You know, since uh, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson were the top two wide receivers in 2019, they really haven't had a good offense since then. It's really kind of struggled and been inconsistent. We saw Tanner Morgan, God bless him, we we saw him really regress in the in the following couple of years that he was a starter after those two guys left and went to the NFL. So the offense has has been an issue the last few years, and to me. 
big picture for this program, I think you'll agree with this. I think a lot of people will agree with this. The likelihood of this program winning a Big Ten championship is just is getting smaller and smaller by the year. Yeah, it's now very, with it's very now minute with, with with Washington and Oregon and the the two L.A. schools coming into the Big Ten. It's going to be eaten. You already got Ohio State and Michigan who are powerhouses and you got Penn State as well. So. As far as the totem pole in the Big Ten for football is concerned, the Gophers are way down near, you know, probably the bottom third. So to me, it's not about like, you know, winning, you know, going going to the Rose Bowl and and although they're going to go to the Rose Bowl next year. Yes, they are. uh (laughs) Um, But it's not about like, wow, I want Big Ten championships and everything. To me, I just I want. Going forward now, especially, I want a watchable product. Yeah. Yep. Manny. If you win, if you go six and six, because you know you got blown out by Washington and Oregon, and then you had to play Ohio State and like Penn State or something on your schedule, yeah, and you go six and six, that's fine. But were were you a watchable product? Were you entertaining? That's ultimately what I'm what I'm looking for. This team was not fun to watch this year at all. It was they a very not fun. It was a very draining season on many levels. Plus, as somebody who loves my 11 a.m. starts, only having one 11 a.m. start at home this year just killed me. Way <laughs> too many 2:30 starts in the afternoon. I'm gonna take what you said, Manny, just one step farther. And I still believe because of the sheer amount of games that you play and some of the teams that you will play, I still believe going forward, the bare minimum expectation for this team every year should be six and six and a low rate or third rate bowl game. I know they got there this year, but I would have preferred six or seven wins. I still expect that. But what I would say going forward is let's say the Gophers went six and six this year. I would still look back at North Carolina, Ohio state and Michigan and say in two of those three games, you didn't even compete to win them because you knew you couldn't. The goal for this program should be where PJ was for literally every year until this year in his first year and where Jerry Kill got towards the end and Tracy Clays too, even though they didn't cash in. Every time they play a game, you at least go into it thinking, okay, there's not a great chance they're going to go into Columbus and win a football game today, but it is possible. There is a chance that's where this program should live and try and get their six, seven wins. And occasionally, like we said numerous times before, Manny, have that nine or 10 win season where you go to a nice bowl game. Because I do think what you said about Minnesota can also be said about 12 other teams in the Big Ten Conference, in the new yep. Big Ten Conference. So you should be fighting to be one of those teams that the Michigans, the Penn States, the Ohio States look at and say, well, we got to go to Minneapolis this week. We better take it seriously because it's not an ultimate flyover game. That's what this team should be striving to do. And who knows if you do that long enough, Manny, I'm not saying they will be Clemson. Don't take these words out of context. But if you do that long enough and you sustain that long enough, sometimes you can make that jump. But you have to have the sustained success of doing that. And this will be an offseason for P.J. Fleck. He's already kind of talked about it. Finally, he avoided it for most of the year, which I get. It's in season. Ultimate year of reflection. 
What do we want to do in the transfer portal? What do we want to do with kids that we're recruiting? What do we want to do offensively? Do we want one offensive coordinator? Are we still going to go with two? Do I have the right special teams coach? Are we doing things right defensively? What do I need to focus on better on game day? Those are all things that I think are fair. And Manny, yes, he missed multiple opportunities to win the West. He's also won a lot of football games at the University of Minnesota. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care who he's played. He's earned the right to have a bad season and try and work through these things. And I hope he does because changing head coaches sucks. It often means you're yeah. going backwards for a year or two. I don't want to do that again. So I'd prefer to give him the chance to work through it. And like you talked about, he will. Doesn't matter what the buyout is. If they were going to fire him and move on, which they never were going to, they would have done it after the Wisconsin game so they could start their head coaching search. So he's not going anywhere. And it's it doesn't no. doesn't the only thing that would happen change in the bowl game is if they lose 99 to nothing and then maybe they would think about doing something yeah. different. And that's not going to happen either. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's Again, it to, to me, it's like it, it's big picture. It's about like, okay, how do you, you know, what do we need to do to get better? Like that's what PJ Fleck has to ask himself. It's what he asks himself every year. Every college coach, no matter what the sport, after the season, they're always saying, "What can we do to get better? To be even better than what we were this year?" To me, you've got to try and make yourself. You got to you got to try and identify yourself as something separate from all the other institutions. You've got to at least make that effort to do that. And and I'm not just talking about with PJ's acronyms and roll the boat and stuff like that. I'm talking about like on the football field. You've got to really sell. You got to sell the football program for what they're doing on the football field. And if I'm a if I'm a put it to you like this, if I'm a wide receiver, if I'm a recruit if I'm a junior or a senior in high school right now and I'm trying to decide where I want to go to school or if I'm at one school and I'm and I'm entering the transfer portal this offseason if I'm like a wide receiver if I'm an offensive player I'm thinking about where where can I go where I'm going to be able to have the most fun and showcase my talent if I'm looking at what the Gophers are doing offensively what their offensive philosophy, especially the last couple of years, where it's basically a heavy emphasis on the run. Now, if you're a running back, maybe that maybe it's really appealing to you. But if I'm a wide receiver and if I'm looking at what the Gophers have been doing philosophically, offensively the last couple of years, I'm not as intrigued to go there. I'm going to want to go to a place where they're going to throw the ball all over the place, where they're going to spread it out and run a Mike Leach air raid style of offense. You know what I mean? I mean, because think about it. Why did Mike Leach, rest in peace, why did it work so well for so long in tech, at Texas Tech for him? Now, he got fired for things completely unrelated to football. Um, but on the field, you know, they had some 7-5, and 8-5 type of game or type of seasons where, you know, they weren't a super, you know, high-powered winning, you know, winning team. Uh, powerhouse team and then they had the one year where they won 11 games and they were briefly in the BCS title hunt but what made that place such such an appealing place and and fun to watch is throwing the ball all over the place they didn't I mean Michael Leach didn't care if he was beating you 55 to 50 you know that's 
to me, that's that's a direction that the Gophers, I think, have to think about going in. It's just changing the offense and trying to spread it out so that you can make it more appealing for, you know, offensive players to want to come in. And then, you know, you do that long enough and then you can I think you can maybe give yourself a chance to really compete more. Well, and if you talk to the to the right kids in quotes, I wouldn't exclude the Gophers from being able to get some of that talent this offseason. Sometimes all it takes is telling a kid, look, our offense looked abysmal because we didn't have a player like you. If you're playing for us, we can do these things. Last year, our game plan didn't allow us to do those things. So, again, I think it's all in the approach and how you talk to some of these kids and how you spin it. It's the, it is the recruiting element. I think it's, it is an extra hurdle to clear, but I don't think it's impossible to get some talent in here, even though seemingly passing the ball for this team often this year looked like a 1930s college football product where it just it didn't happen much. And again, I'm not willing to put all of that on the quarterback. I wish Ethan Kaliak man as well, wherever he winds up. I, I mean, I, I really do. He was able to step in last year and help the Gophers end up with a fairly successful season, a large part of them getting nine wins again. And he was a Played great that Wisconsin game yep. last year. Oh, he was, great. He was great uh, coming in in relief of Tanner Morgan at Nebraska last year, too. So, I, I you know, yep. I don't I don't, it's fun to poke fun at some of these kids. And at times I am hard on them. And I think it's easier to be harder on them now in the NIL era. But they are still, for the most part, depending on age and enrollment, late 17 year old to 23, 24 year olds. I think we all know we were immature and more stupid than we are now back at that time with things that we said or or did so i don't wish anybody ill will i wish i wish him the best manny as always i wish you the best thank you for doing this and fulfilling the manny quota we'll actually catch up in person i believe next week when we do some uh some uh off the book stuff that uncle sam doesn't need to know about if you know what i mean Works for me. Thank you, Manny. I appreciate it. That is at Manny Hill 84 on the X machine. Again, you can hear him from time to time. MPS Voices, Jazz 88 with Matthew Collars, Purple Insider, does some work for us behind the scenes at Score North. All around and all-time good guy. Speaking of all-time good guy and good guys, my friends at Beans Coffee Company, thanks to them for supporting Minnesota Sports Chat. As always, make sure this holiday season you're checking out coffeebybeans.com for that perfect gift for the coffee fanatic in your life. Light roast, dark roast, medium roast, caffeine-free, cold brew. They have it all. Something for everybody. Your morning cup of coffee is important. Yeah, you know that. I'm showing off my coffee mug for you on YouTube So take it importantly, why not drink the best coffee around? Coffeebybeans.com is the website. Promo code SPORTSCHAT will save you cash at checkout. That's coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SPORTSCHAT, coffeebybeans.com. By the way, free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. So don't forget that. Matthew Lauer talking about professional football in Europe, not football, football in just 15 seconds at the u.s center for safe sport we believe every athlete deserves to be safe safe from abuse and misconduct on and off the field join the movement to champion respect and end abuse at uscenterforsafesport.org 
segment two of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. I teased it out of the open. Love to do stuff like this on occasion, as many longtime listeners to the pod know. I love to talk about current sports, but I do love human interest stories as it relates to sports when it comes to raising money for charities. We featured some of those on the podcast. Heck, we've even talked to former governors and current governors of the state of Minnesota on this podcast. A little bit of a different route today. Uh, long story short, I work with a gentleman by the name of Bernie Lauer, who has a son named Matt, playing professional American football, most recently overseas in Europe, specifically for the country of Germany. I almost said company. We'll say country in, in the country of Germany. And Matt joins the podcast now. Matt, thank you for doing this. I'm very intrigued by the story. Want to learn more about it. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. So let's actually go in the way back machine because obviously you played football growing up. You played at the high school level. You mm -hmm. played it in college at the university. Correct me if I get this wrong. University of Minnesota Morris. I believe that's how we like to say it. Correct. Yeah. That's that, yeah. that part's right. Yeah, okay. Got it. So, so how does a high school football player from Minnesota turn college football player from Minnesota end up playing American football in Germany? Because I, I think this is so cool and literally still living the dream. And I guess, can I say keeping a dream alive? I would say you already kind of are living it. You're being paid to play football, which is really cool. But I just, I, I honestly want to know how do you go from there? from point A to point B? I know that's kind of a loaded question, but let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll start at high school. Um, I went to Irondale High School in New Brighton, Minnesota. Um, graduated in 2017. I started playing receiver as a sophomore, which would have been 2014, the fall of 14. Um, played receiver the next three years along with outside linebacker. Um, actually never started a varsity game. Most of my snaps came as a linebacker. I had three varsity snaps as a receiver and they were all run plays. Um, I had, let's see, after high school, I was in the delayed entry program for the Marine Corps. I was gonna go to the Marines and hopefully be military police. About four months away from going to boot camp, I got a call from the offensive coordinator who's now the athletic director of Minnesota Morris, Matt Johnson. He called and recruited me, and I heard someone say they wanted me to play football for them, and, you know, I threw everything else out the window and went to college to play football. So, um, you know, I got there. Um, I got my first start as a sophomore. Um, I got kind of the garbage playing time as a freshman. Um, uh, they recruited me just to play receiver, and so I was doing receiver and special teams. Um, started uh, more full-time uh, in 2019, uh, my junior year. And then my plan at that time was to play the fall of 2020, graduate, go to Australia to play football. And um, COVID happened, you know, and kind of pushed everything back. So I, I took uh, a year off and came back in the fall of 21 to play my senior year. Um, we went from having, let's see, I think we were one in nine my freshman year, 
two and eight my sophomore year, and maybe I think like two and eight or three and seven my junior year, and then my senior year in twenty one we lost in the conference championship game. Uh, we would have been co champions if we had won it. Uh, so, you know, so that was nice to kind of be in that situation. You know, that I came back and you know ended up in a situation like that. Uh, from there, I used the website uh, Euro Players and basically sent my film out to a bunch of teams in Germany. And that was around, probably around this time of the year in 2021. And so New Year comes around and I was planning on going to Racine, Wisconsin to play for a semi-pro team out there that was kind of played at a high level that I could get good film for. And a few days, as I was moving out of my house down to my parents, a few days then out to Wisconsin, um, I got an email from the Geese and Golden Dragons in Germany and uh, their import that they were going to bring in wasn't able to come over anymore and they were interested in me. So, you know, I talked to them for a couple of days and they offered me on a Wednesday, they asked me how soon I could be out there and I told them that weekend. So it was, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was on a plane. So it was, it was exciting, you know, and then, yeah, from there, my film from that, uh, from the GFL two was the league they play in the second tier of the German football league. My film from that is what got me into the XFL draft pool. That, that whole thing, that whole story right there is incredible to me. There's so many things that you brought up that I'd love to ask questions about. So I'm just going to kind of fire, fire a few at random. You mentioned the import Mm -hmm. thing. So I'm, um, I'm a CFL nerd. I watch a lot of CFL football, NFL football, you know, all football. CFL has rules about how many Americans you can have or what actually qualifies as a Canadian versus what's an American. Sometimes there can be Americans who married Canadians and then that qualifies them as a Canadian, yada, yada, yada. But from your standpoint, you mentioned the word import. For those teams over in Europe, how many Americans, or I'm assuming not even Americans, maybe heck, it could be from Canada or other countries. What are the limitations in that league as far as how many players can come from outside of Europe? Yeah, so it definitely depends on the league. The German Football League, um, I believe, I think they just recently changed it. You can only have two on the field at a time. I believe you can have four on the roster and it used to be six on the roster, but then you can have like an additional like six to eight European imports. So there's A's and E's. Um, yeah. Sorry. Have sorry. you, have, have you ever thought about, you know, you mentioned you're, you're maybe going off to do something entirely different. You know, if you, if you rewind X amount of years now, maybe football wouldn't be, in your life really at all other than I know you're a Packers fan. I know you're an NFL fan. So just like me, aside from watching it and commenting and talking about what others are doing, you wouldn't be a part of it. But now here you are, you're still, we were talking before we started recording, you're kind of going through the process of what's next. Are you going back to going back to Europe? You go in somewhere else. I know you said you were talking to some other teams, but just Really kind of incredible how in, in a moment's notice it changes. Have you ever thought about that and just how one one little change just can change the entire complexion of what's currently happening? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I'm, I just think the, the 
that I got the opportunity to play college football at Morris. You know, I think that was um, the first, you know, major turning point for my football career that I got the opportunity there and was able to turn that into a, a season overseas that gave me film that a coach got me an invite that I didn't have to go to a combine that the, the coach just sent me one himself. And, um, you know, I ended up not being selected, but that led to me getting arena football experience and going back over to Germany where I won a championship. So, um, you know, I definitely think about all like the little things that happen, but, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful for it. You know, I've, I've, I've had, you know, a, a good, uh, good career so far. What's the family support part mean to you? Because I know you're, um, your sister it was in athletics. I believe she played professional basketball. And then specifically, I know just a few months back in the summer, your mother and father were overseas to watch you play. I mean, that, that's got to mean just a ton to you to have that support. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, my family is really supportive. You know, I mentioned my original plan before COVID was to go to Australia. That's because my sister had put me in contact with people who knew like the football teams out there. Um and that's, you know, I still talk to people that are in Australia to this day. And, you know, like I get like they watch my games, you know, when they're streamed and my family watches my games, you know, when they're streamed, no matter what time zone they're in. You know, I have family spread up, you know, throughout the whole country. Um, my parents came to my games uh, my first year that I was out there. Um, I had friends that were traveling after graduating that came through Germany and visited. My brother-in-law had work in Europe and he stopped in Germany and visited. Uh, you know, watched a game. Um, you know, my girlfriend came out and visited for two months my first year in Germany. And, um, you know, the support definitely means a lot. Um, you know, some there's definitely times that, you know, you get homesick over there. You know, sometimes when you're like five months into a six-month season and you, you, you don't see American advertisements anymore and you start missing – just like American ads. And I remember asking my friends, like, hey, can you take a screenshot of an Instagram ad for me and just send it over? Like, I just want to see an American ad. So, <laughs> you know, when when uh, when you start thinking about stuff like that, it's nice to have the support there. Are there touches when, when you're over there? Are there touches of home, though, that do stand out? You know, maybe super re- uh, types of restaurants, maybe it's types of brands when you go to the store. Are there are there enough American things that kind of warm the heart, so to speak, when you're out and about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they definitely listen to, like, American music. You know, it's like a lot okay. of English. Like, if you go to a club, like, a lot of the bigger ones will have, you know, American English music playing. Um, the bigger cities, more people will speak English. So my first year, I was near Frankfurt. When I was in Frankfurt, I could speak English to anybody. And uh, this past season, I was closer to Berlin. And again, when I'm in Berlin... It's like everyone speaks English, but it's when you're in the smaller towns that it's kind of hit or miss. You know, it depends on the person, um, but I'm able to get by. So have you picked up a lot of the language? Have you put yeah. some work into that or is it mainly just in passing what you what you learn from others? And then how much uh, how much are your German friends trying to tell you all the words that you shouldn't say? <laughs> um, they're, they're telling me the words that I should be saying, but they're the words most people wouldn't want to say. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they've definitely taught me some some phrases to use on the field. So okay, you know, for that. But yeah, uh, my freshman year of high school, I actually took a semester of German before I switched languages. So I kind of knew like the bare minimum, you know, letters and numbers and manners. Um, you know, in my two summers I've spent over there, you know, I, I can order food. Um, you know, I've been able to help. Very people. important. That's very important. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, like I can get you know bus tickets, train tickets, stuff like that. <clears throat> what's what's the appetite? I know the NFL just played, I think, two mm-hmm. games in, in in Germany. What is the appetite that you've seen for American football over there? Are, are you are you are your games well received? Do people like the game? Obviously, it's growing. Where would you say it is at currently? Yeah, I think like the the Germans that love football, they love American football. Soccer is still definitely number one over there, but like the fans of American football are diehard fans, and there are a lot of them. Um, I let's see. Some of my games my first year, I mean, we're getting numbers similar to what I got playing at Morris at the Division okay. three level. Um, and then this last year uh, when I was out there, uh, we had maybe a few hundred in the stands, but I was live streaming the game on YouTube and we were getting another three, 400 views on the screen. Okay. Do you... As you, you know, I'm sure you still are always processing, you know, or thinking, you know, in your head, what, you know, what you were just doing, where you, where you want to go, where, where would you like to take this as far as it possibly can go? Uh, do you have a next step in mind? If, if you don't mind, I know we were talking about maybe what you might be doing next. Also, I, I know you saw this, you mentioned the XFL draft that you were, you were in the pool for the XFL draft. Uh, arena football is back and expanding. Is is that something that would be a nice goal for years? By the way, there is a Minnesota team. If that's any interest to you and people listening, I'm really looking forward to that. I um, uh, you won't remember because I'm fairly certain. Just trying to do the math here, you were born, but I remember the Minnesota Fighting Pike back in 1996 when they played arena football here, and it lasted only a year. But I've wanted it back ever since. So I'm giddy for arena football back in Minnesota, perhaps maybe down the road, something you could be participating in if you keep putting that good film together. I'm hopeful. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I played a little bit of arena football. I was down there for a training camp in Kansas and then uh, went back to Germany. But yeah, I would definitely, definitely consider, you know, going that route again. I have sent my film to the head coach. So perfect. Hoping I hear back from him. I'll DM Mr. Foggy for you and tell him to get back to you. Will that help? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to my dad about it and he was saying, you know, that he watched him play in college and yeah, he was great to watch. So yeah, I was, I was able to uh, send him an email and send him my film. So I think that was in the last couple of days. So hopefully I hear something back. So um, please understand, I know that this sounds like a very dumb commoner question that I'm about to ask. It's been years since I've played any meaningful football, okay? Mm-hmm. What, what is the process like? You just named three different leagues that in some way, shape, or form you've been a part of or around or privy to. Mm-hmm. They're all played slightly different with slightly different rules. Mm-hmm. How much, like when you talk about the arena game versus the American football in Europe, is any of the terminology the same or are you, is it new, new playbook, new everything? Like how much of that actually carries over? And I know the arena game's a lot different, but how much different is it really once the ball's kicked off and the game starts? Yeah. Well, the, the GFL, they play by college rules. So that's, that one's pretty similar. Um, arena, there was definitely a learning curve when I was down there, um, you know, with the, with the motions 
pre-snap and just the smaller field and the routes are different. You know, there's indoor routes, there's outdoor routes. Um, but I mean, the game is still the same, you know, you catch the ball, you know, you run, you try not get tackled. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely a little different. You know, there's, it's a different level of, of player that's there. I mean, these are guys, I know that there's a couple guys, you know, I was going against cornerbacks from Clemson. I'm lining up against wide receivers who, you know, had opportunities with the Colts, wide receivers who had opportunities with the Panthers. And it's like, I'm this D3 kid surrounded by guys who all play at Division One, And, you know, it's like, you know, I felt like I was able to, you know, hold my own, which, you know, made me feel good about what I'm able to do. But it was definitely a, a unique experience. You know, arena is definitely, it's it's like, it's a whole own sport. And it's definitely a fun one, though. But but that you, you mentioned it there in closing in that last segment, or that last sentence there, that really does say a lot about you. If you, I mean, is it fair to say that pretty much everything that you've done starting college to now is fairly self-made? It's you being proactive, staying in front of people. I mean, think about what you just said. You're at a league, you play D3 college football, which there's nothing against, uh, nothing against it at all. I, I go to probably, well, I didn't go this year, but I try to go to a D3 game at least once a year. So it's that type of player. But then, like you said, you're going up against somebody who played at Clemson who may or may not have been playing in a national championship game in right. FBS. Like that, that's incredible. If you think about that, it, it really is. Yeah. There's, I always remember this. I was talking to one of the receivers. Uh, shoot. I think he played at NDSU. And I was okay. talking, I was talking about that. I'm like, like, you know, I'm like the only guy here. There's guys who didn't play college who are in arena league as well which sure. you know, kudos to them. That's a lot of work as well. Uh, but like a lot of the guys who went to college were division one. And so I was talking to him about that. And he's like, he's like, it, it's not really that big of a deal. Like it's just like a level you played at. And I'm like, that's coming from a D one guy though. Like that's you saying that. Sure. Like you don't yeah. understand like how, like the difference like that it really is. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was a great opportunity and they were all really nice guys. And, you know, I learned a lot from it. Definitely made me a better player. So, uh, you know, years ago, well, maybe not years ago, a handful of years ago, the St. Paul Saints are now affiliated with the Minnesota Twins for 20 plus years, almost 30 years. They were an independent baseball team in, in Minnesota. Almost every one of those guys had other jobs. They would play baseball for the Saints for May to early September, and then they would go do other jobs for seven, eight months. That is what you're doing right now. You don't you don't have to give it away. You don't have to tell people exactly what you're doing. But that's a balance as well, isn't it? I mean, your life comes to a full stop to play football, and then you come come back. In this case, you come back to America, and you and you start quote unquote a job or you know work, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. How is that balance? What is what is that like trying to balance? making something of yourself as a professional athlete, but also still when you come back home, oh, I have to go to work. But, you know, Matt, I'm not a total idiot. I imagine when you're not at work, you're still putting yourself through workouts. You're still probably eating clean. You're still doing as much of those things as possible. So just what is the balance there and how do you avoid being overtaxed or taxing yourself out on that? Yeah. um, So, I mean, my schedule – 
you know, I had a couple weeks, you know, between coming home and starting work. Um, you know, I work right now, you know, I just work a nine to five and, you know, I work out after work and then I come home and I relax and, you know, I, I do it again. You know, I tell that people ask me what I do and I say, I work and work out and like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, I, so full disclosure, you didn't cancel your workout to do this because we're recording this after five o'clock. So if you did, you better go work out the moment we're done recording. I don't want that on my conscience that I stopped you from working out today. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'm going back. I'm going back. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. Right. Is it is it a grind though? Does that part weigh on you, or is it just part of? Is it the old expression or phrase? It just is what it is. Like that's that's the life that you have. So you just roll on through it. I I, I say that a lot too. But I mean, yeah, it's it's habit at this point. You know, I took I took two weeks off of lifting. Um last month in October and um, I was telling one of my coworkers about it and I was like, yeah, this will be the first time that I haven't lifted for a full week since like I went to play arena football, which would have been in February and this is in October. So like, not that I'm lifting five days a week between that time, but the fact that I never took a full like five day rest since, you know, February and it's October that, you know, I kind of noticed that and I was like, I'm going to take like these two weeks off and, kind of do like some rehab and you know more like work on the body not so much with weights you know more stretches stuff like that you know I do like acupuncture physical therapy so what would you say going back to the football portion and you know you the the d3 comparison or not comparison but just the the level the product on the field so to speak what you were playing at d3 and then last year in Europe uh, comparable better I don't want you to really get in trouble, you know, by, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. by saying anything that you shouldn't. But how would you, how would you compare the play in Europe in the league that you were playing in to either D three or is there a comparable level of football here in America that you would say it's at? And, and by the way, I do know one one game you had like three touchdowns and I think like 150 yards receiving. So kudos to you on that one. By the way, there may have been multiple games, but that's just one that I happened to see. So congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. um, I was kind of, sorry. I've been told and, you know, in my two seasons there, you know, I kind of agree with it. I would say it's similar to like division three, division two level, like a high D three into division two level. Um, Okay. There's some German athletes over there that are amazing. There's, there's guys out there who just love the game. They're flying around, you know, like they didn't play college, but I mean, you, you think that they could have, um, you know, I've had Americans ask me if Germans were Americans. They're like, Oh, is that guy an import? I'm like, no, like that's, that's a German guy. And they're like, they're shocked. They're like, Oh, like he was amazing. So like, there's definitely guys like that over there. You know, there's Germans in the NFL who have came from the league that I play in the, the GFL. And, um, you know, I've I was actually lucky enough my first season over there. I got to meet Moritz Boringer, who was drafted. By yeah, I was just gonna bring that name up. I was just yeah. good old Mobo. Okay, well, yeah, uh, catch us up on nice catch us up on Mobo. What was that like meeting him? It was it was nice. So he played. He was playing for the Schwabish Hall Unicorns, and um, they were playing in Marburg, which is north of Frankfurt. And I was between. Marburg and Frankfurt and so I hopped on a train it was when my girlfriend was visiting so we took a 30 minute train north um 
watch the football game, but, you know, pregame they're doing their warm-ups, and I kind of waited over by the field where their locker room was, and he came off the field, you know, and I called out his name, and as soon as I told him that I was from Minnesota, like, I could kind of, like, I could tell that he realized that I knew who he was, and so yeah. it, was, it was really exciting. I got his autograph and a picture, so it was really nice meeting him. Uh, you know, I watched the game. He scored that game, too, so it was cool to watch. Kind of incredible if you think about it. You know, it's he is playing in Germany, comes over here for a little bit, plays football in America. You're in America. You go over there and you play the same game in Germany. I don't know why. I just think that speaks to just one, the power of the sport, but just how small and interconnected on a greater level the world actually is. But also, how big the sport of American football has become that you have guys in other countries playing the game and and aspiring to be here. And then also in a weird way, when you're over there, you're kind of an ambassador for American football. I mean, you're a legit American playing American football in in Europe. Are are those guys picking your brain an awful lot, just asking you a, a bunch of different questions, whether it's when you're out at night on the town or just in the locker room? Are they asking you a lot of questions about American football or just America in general? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I've also, like, gone into schools and talked with kids that are taking English classes, and, like, they ask questions about football and, you know, life in America. So, you know, I definitely do feel like an ambassador at times over there for the game. Um, Oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, you're – no, you're good. Matt, this conversation has been – about as fascinating as and as fun as I expected it and, and, and thought that it would be. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you think people should know about your journey that maybe you've, you haven't been able to express to people or just things that people would want to know about what it's like to be in a position that you are, you know, just trying to get your name out there, trying to, stay in the game as long as you possibly can. Are there, are there things or messages that you would like to give people either things that they should know, or maybe just words of encouragement for others who are literally trying to do what you're doing. Maybe it's something entirely different, but they're trying to live their dream. Are there, is there anything you would offer up? Yeah. Um, I did kind of remember how I was going to finish my answer to the last question and I'll kind of tie sure. into this one. But, yeah. You know, for the guys picking my brain, I was this is my last season. I was our wide receiver coach and offensive coordinator and offensive play caller. So I was running our offense. I was adding to the offense. I was telling guys what we were doing and why we were doing it. And like they listened, like they wanted to learn, like they were showing up to practice. They wanted to be there because they don't have to be. I have to be. It's in my contract. These guys don't have to be. They work. They could go home and relax, but they, they come to practice and they want to put in that work and they want to learn more. Um. In terms of like, you know, something about me that, you know, I'd want to tell people is that I've I've found success at each level that I've played at. Um, you know, I think when people see me on paper and I'm not, I might not be the fastest guy. And I think that turns a lot of coaches away. But when I'm able to find coaches that, um, you know, have different priorities, you know, such as, you know, catching the ball, securing the ball, which is something that I do well. My first year in the GFL, I didn't have a drop until week seven. Um I had more tackles on kickoff than drop passes in both of my seasons in Germany. Love that. I have zero career fumbles, and that goes back to high school. Um, I was number four on my team in turnovers as a receiver. I never played a snap of defense in the GFL. Uh, I had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery on kickoffs. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a different kind of player. And I think there's a lot of coaches who value um, certain aspects more than others. And I think that, you know, if a coach is willing to value other, you know, parts of an athlete that, you know, you can get a lot done, you know, going at it a, a different way. I'll close with this because you brought up something I had zero. I honestly didn't know until 60 seconds ago, all the coaching that you were doing. Is that something that interests you as you get a little bit older and maybe some of the athletic gifts leave you and you can't quite play the game like you used to, or even is coaching something you would consider getting into even earlier for the right opportunity? Yeah, I, I definitely want to coach. Um, it started when I went to Geeson. They were like, hey, kind of part of the contract was you got to coach our youth receivers. So, you know, there's, you know, 14 to 17-year-olds. And, you know, I was coaching them, just teaching them their offense. And I had a good time. I came back my second year, and they're like, hey, we don't have an offensive coordinator. Um, so you and our quarterback are just kind of going to run our offense together. And I ended up taking it more than he did after the first few weeks. And... Um, you know, it was, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It was definitely a lot to play and coach, but I, I had fun with it. And it's definitely something that I want to get into, but I, I know that it's a lot of work. So I definitely want to wait until I'm done playing, you know, if I were to take over position like head coach. So. Are there any uh, websites or social media things you want to shout out to people, anything for the, for leagues that you want people to pay attention to or anything personally for you that people should know about? Um. Yeah. I mean, the, the leagues in Europe, I mean, the German Football League, the Austrian Football League, uh, the, the league in Spain, I can't think of what it's called right now, but there's uh, the, the Maple League, I believe that one's in Finland. There's there's good football out there, and, you know, and there's, there's guys that are coming up, you know, guys that are coming over through the Gridiron Imports program, and, you know, they, they have good athletes over there. So, you know, American football slowly but surely is definitely growing in Europe, and there's going to be a lot of European guys in the league someday. Well, let's stay in touch. And as your journey continues, wherever you wind up, whether it's Europe, Arena Football, XFL, whatnot, you know, I'll, I'll troll you a little bit. Maybe one day you're playing for the Minnesota Vikings, scoring touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers. Um, uh, let's let's stay in contact and, and follow the story because it's it's a ton of fun. And I really appreciate you making time for this and just sharing the story and and the dream a little bit with everybody listening to the podcast and watching on YouTube. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. That is a Matt Lauer professional football player, most recently in Europe, joining this edition of Minnesota sports chat. That'll do it for this edition of Minnesota sports chat. A reminder to please rate and review kindly, no matter what podcast platform you're listening to. You can subscribe on YouTube, and as always, don't forget coffeebybeans.com when you order some of that great-tasting coffee. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT. That's SPORTSCHAT, and you will save at checkout. Perfect for this holiday season. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again real soon.